we've been looking for a number of weeks at uh, the, the subject of faith, and um, today I'm not going to, we've been teaching and teaching and teaching, I'm not going to teach this morning, but uh, I, I pray that this will be a, a message of exhortation and encouragement, and uh, it just so happens to be about faithfulness, so kind of related, but uh, a little bit different, and certainly in the approach and the style of the message, it'll be very different, so. Let's just ask God's blessing upon the word. Father, we just bow our hearts before you. We ask that you would speak unto us. Lord, that we wouldn't just hear words from a man, but that we would hear, Lord, that still small voice of the Holy Spirit speaking into our life, into our circumstances and situation, that we'd hear the voice of God. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would take these few words, that you would break them as bread, unto your people, that you would feed your people, that you would anoint them and encourage them and bless them and cause them, Lord, to draw close to you. Lord, for you're the one that this is all about. You are the exalted supreme sovereign of all. And so, Heavenly Father, we pray your blessing upon everything that's said and done. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Uh, let, let's just say hello to our Zoomers on the count of three. One, two, three. Hello, Zoomers! Praise God. Hi, guys. Praise God. So, as I said this morning, I I want to talk to you uh, about the blessing of faithfulness. I don't know if you've really thought about it much. It's not something that's, um, uh, you know, really uh, esteemed or talked about much. But the Bible actually does. The Bible has so much to say about faithful people. And um, and so we're going to look at a couple of things, but... I want to start off by looking at at an incident that happened uh, some time ago in in China. I want to talk to you about the Boxer Rebellion. Uh, And this was an actual uh, historical event. This actually happened. And so uh, while while I'm telling you the story, I I hope that you can imagine what it must have been like for those, uh, those people in China when the communists moved in. Uh, it, it happened at, at a missionary uh, station where there were a number of people there in worship, worshiping the Lord, much uh, as we are today. And uh, the, the, the guards came round and demanded that the people uh, exit the building. They sealed off all the, the, the exits to the building and left one place where you could come in or out. And on the ground they placed a cross. And they said to people, these were the communists, and they were, they were about to stamp out uh, uh, religion as the persecution in China continues to this day. And at this particular time, they placed a cross on the ground, and they, they said to, any, to anybody and everybody that was there, they said, if you, if you walk over the cross, we will spare your life. And, you know, these people, um, the first seven young people... Uh, ran out of the building and ran over the cross crying and weeping uh, because of the the, the sacrilege that they they were committing. But the eighth person was a young girl. And she came to the cross broken and weeping. She knelt down and she prayed. She said, God, give me the strength to honor you with my life. And immediately the communist guards took her aside and murdered her, shot her in, in cold blood. You know, every single solitary person after that came down and knelt at the cross and 97 people were murdered that day for their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. 97. It was a bloodbath. You know, when I think of that, 
This is historical. This actually happened. I mean, imagine this, this happening here. And uh, they, they said to you, you know, you, you've got to deny your faith. You've got to uh, walk on the cross, spit in the photograph of Jesus, or be killed. If that was your choice, if you were forced into that predicament, what would you do? I shut out. I say, Lord, please strengthen me. Please strengthen me because I want to... I want my life to honor the Lord Jesus Christ. I want my life to be a blessing to, to God. And so, uh, you know, it, it becomes a really uh, an important thing. What does your faith actually mean to you? Are you a faithful person? You know, we may depend on the Lord, but can the Lord depend on us to honor Him, to glorify Him, no matter what the cross you know, sometimes, you know, you see somebody and the Holy Spirit quickens something inside of you. And you feel that, hey, I need to speak to them about Jesus. You know, their life is at stake because they don't know Christ. We know what happens to those that don't know Christ. They go to hell. And the Holy Spirit quickens us. And do we say, Lord, I can't. I can't speak. I, I, and and we, we will, I've done that in the past. And I'm sure that, that each and every one of us have done that from time to time. But you know, we, we grow in grace and we are able to, to walk in obedience. And I, I really just hope and pray that, that God would take us to a new level this morning. That He would take us to a, a deeper walk with Him. That, that we might be faithful men and women, no matter what the obstacle, no matter how difficult it is, uh, that we would honor the Lord with our lives. One of the outstanding qualities common to all men that Paul surrounded himself was it was faithfulness. Faithfulness. That was the one thing that Paul looked at. Uh, and if you remember, in Acts there was a big dispute um, with Paul and Barnabas and, and, and John Mark. And Paul said, hey, he's not faithful. And, and they, they ended up falling apart because um, John Mark actually left the mission field and went back to Jerusalem. And you know, Paul was looking for faithful men, faithful women to serve the Lord. Faithfulness. It's one of the outstanding values of the gospel. It's the Greek word pistos. And pistos actually means to be loyal, to be trustworthy, to be devoted, to be dependable. Webster's Dictionary says faithfulness is an unwavering love and allegiance or conviction impervious to outside influences that would weaken it, an unswerving adherence to a person, place, or thing. Faithfulness. It's one thing that God looks to His church to be, is a faithful, loyal, devoted church. Amen? We need to be those people that call out to the Lord and say, God, help us to be faithful. The Bible has much to say about the faithfulness of His people. There's a beautiful story in, in First uh, Chronicles chapter 11, if you remember uh, that David was uh, uh, outside of, uh, of Jerusalem but, and he wanted a drink of water from the well of Bethlehem. And the, the enemy uh, had uh, gathered around and were holding uh, that, that particular stronghold. And he just happened to say out loud, oh, for it, that I could drink from the waters uh, uh, of the well at Bethlehem. And you know the story how these men that were devoted, who were faithful and loyal to David, 
hazarded their lives and went and, and broke out and, and, and actually got involved in a skirmish, in a battle, uh, just so that they could draw water to drink for, for David. And I think about that. These men risked their lives because David said, I would like a drink of water. And, you know, when you think about that, what, what could have happened to them? Man, they could have been captured. They could have been tortured. They would, certainly would have been killed. They risked everything just because their leader wanted a drink of water. Man, to be able to inspire that kind of love and devotion and faithfulness. You know, if people were prepared to do that for, for David, a mere man, what should we be doing to our gracious Lord what should we be doing? How should we be serving Him? Would we be prepared to lay our lives on the line if, if to, to honor the Lord? I'm telling you, we are going to be heading into dark days in the near future. And you're going to find out who the true believers are. Amen? Amen. You're, going to be, you're going to find out whether people stand or whether they pay lip service to Christianity. The days are coming and are not too far off. And so these people were, were actually hazarded their lives to bring David water. I wonder what David thought of that. You know, they bring in this water, and, and you know the story, how David doesn't drink it. These men risk their lives, and he doesn't drink it. In fact, he pours it out on the ground, refuses to drink it. Why? He said, man, this is not water. This is the blood of these men. They risk everything. How can I drink what would be essentially uh, the, the blood of these men? And he refused to drink it. He was so grateful. He honored the men. He, he recognized the sacrifice. He recognized their devotion and faithfulness. You know, that's the kind of faithfulness that God is looking for in His church. That's the kind of faithfulness He's looking from you and I. You know, men and women who will lay down their lives for the, the cause of Christ. People walk out the church for so many different reasons. You know, somebody sits in your chair. I've had people walk out of a service and not come back because somebody sat in their chair. It happened. Sometimes they leave the church because, hey, the pastor forgot to thank them for their wonderful kind gift or deed or something like that, and they leave the church. Some, I, I had one lady who left the church because she didn't like a joke that somebody told in the fellowship. It wasn't a bad joke, I promise you. But she left. So I'm not going to be a part of those people. They flippant. You know, I think, that, I think God, you know, how does this, how does this compute? How can there be people that will, will abandon the body of Christ because of such trivial things? Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 6 is, is the starting place in the scriptures that we're going to look at this morning. It says, But a faithful man... Who can find? Who can find a truly faithful, loyal, dedicated, devoted man to God? In other words, who can find? It's rare. It's precious. It's a priceless thing. Your faithfulness and devotion to the Lord is highly esteemed. God values it incredibly. As we go through this morning, I hope that you'll see how important faithfulness is. You know, I was reading a story uh, uh, about the w World War One. It was a true story, a biography, and and this man was telling uh, how uh, 
this friend grew up uh, with, uh, with them. He had this really uh, wonderful childhood friend. They did everything together. They were inseparable. They, they played games together. They went to the same schools together. They competed against one another. And, you know, they, they, they joined up to the army together. They did everything together. And one day during the Battle of the Somme, um, one of the, the men didn't return. And so his friend went to the commanding officer and said, look, I've got to go out and look for my lookout. He said, you're crazy. He said, that's no man's land. Nobody survives in there. He says, you can't go. He said, please, I've got to go. It's my friend. He needs me. So eventually the guy gave him permission to go. And he went. And after a while he came back carrying the limp body of his friend over his shoulders. And the commanding officer said, I, I told you it was fruitless. I told you that nobody could survive there. He said, sir, it was so worth it. I was just in time to see my friend smile. And so I knew you would come. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. He knew even though he was dying and in a terrible situation, he knew his friend. What are we to be faithful to? Many things, but I believe that you can sum them up in this statement. To be faithful to our Lord Jesus Christ and His body. To be faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ and His body, the church. Jesus gave everything He had to establish the church. Amen. And this is our, if that's our number one priority, everything else will fall into place. Sadly, many Christians, many who claim to be Christians, serve a Christ of convenience. I'll be at, I'll be at the Bible study tonight if it doesn't rain. Yeah. I, I'll do this if, and they have an excuse. It's a Christ of convenience. Is your commitment to the Lord and His body a, a superficial uh, kind of commitment? Or is it rock bottom? I am committed to the Lord and to His body. That's what God is searching for. That's what the Holy Spirit is trying to draw out in us. A faithfulness and a devotion that no matter what happens, God can count on us. God says we're dependable. I think it's really important that we do that. You know, many years ago when, when I was running the, the, the biggest church in the AAG, uh, many years ago, and um, a man came to me and he said, I'm sorry, I can't. Well, he actually phoned me and, he, and so he said, I'm sorry, I can't come to the, the prayer meeting tonight. Uh, and he fancied himself as a leader. So I said, okay, okay that's fine. He said, he said, no, I can't come because I have a pimple on my eyelash. <laughs> I laughed until I realized he was serious. He couldn't make the prayer meeting or the Bible study, whatever it was, because he had a pimple on his eyelash. I thought, what, what difference does it It's very painful. I thought, is it going to be any less painful at home? Or is it going to be any more painful at the Bible study? The same fellowship we had in, in uh, a couple, I was mentioning it to few, uh, a couple by the name of Rudy and Lena. And they, they would come to church, to our church, and uh, it actually was more uh, than a 200 mile or kilometer, I beg your pardon, 200 kilometer round trip for them to be in church. And they came to our church for years upon years upon years. They passed many 
many churches along the way to get to our church. And I, and I would say to him, you know, Rudy, why, why, why do you travel so far? I never forget his words. He said, you know, a church alive is worth the drive. <laughs> you know, he, he was experiencing the presence of God, the anointing of God. And when he said, I'm committed to, to the Lord and to the church, I believed him. 200 kilometers round trip for year upon year upon. I think he did it for five years when, uh, or so when, when uh, a church opened up much closer to them when, when there was a real anointing. And he came to us in brokenness and he said, You know, I'm really sorry, but uh, you know, it is a 200 kilometer journey round trip. And, and we just loved him and we blessed him. He said, Thank you for your support. You know, he came and stood with us at a particularly difficult time in our fellowship. And I'm always grateful to God that that man, uh, for his faithfulness and his devotion and commitment to us, it was quite amazing. You see, your faithfulness is a uh, uh, a yardstick um, of your faith. It's not about what you say, but about what you do. Amen. Anybody, talk is cheap, but what you do proves your faithfulness. Without faithfulness in a fellowship, nothing of consequence can ever be done. Faithfulness is one of the foundations of the kingdom of God. Can you say amen? Amen. It's one of the building blocks of the church. Faithfulness. Faithfulness to the Lord and to His body. I came across the the story. Um, I don't know how true it is, but it really illustrates the point. It was about a a guy who was uh, tearing his hair out over the, the... that the congregations uh, attempt to do a, a Christmas carol pageant. And uh, ev- every uh, practice session, there would be people missing. And he, you know, he, he was really frustrated. He said, guys, you've got to commit to, to come into the, uh, to the, the practice sessions. You know, that we're going to stand before, before the church. And, uh, uh, nothing he said made any difference uh, until they got to the final practice. And uh, at, at the final practice... Uh, the, the guy got up and said, you know, I, I just want to uh, make an announcement. I, I want to thank the pianist who has been at every practice without faith, without missing. We want to thank you for that. For the, and the pianist stood up and gave a little bow. And he said, I, I thought it was the least I could do, considering I won't be here for the, the, the actual concert. <laughs> a Christ of convenience. A Christ of convenience or a Christ that is Lord of all? You know, the truth is, we are going to have to give an account of our lives. God is watching. God is looking over us. You know, and He's going to hold us accountable. We're going to stand one day, each and every one of us, individually. It doesn't matter what our brothers and sisters are. You and I are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And we want to hear these words found in Matthew 25 and 21. You know them so well. When Jesus says, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. What does that say? That our faithfulness now determines our rewards later. We can actually lay up treasure in heaven and and receive God's uh, thanks and praise and and blessing because we are faithful, because we are dedicated. You know, man is impressed by numbers, size, 
uh, by the tangible and visible things of this world. But God is impressed with the intangible and the invisible things of the heart. That's what God looks at. He's always looking at our heart. God watches over our actions, but He weighs our motives and our intentions. Let me say to you, faithfulness in the little things is a big thing. Faithfulness in the little things is a big thing. Jesus said something very similar in, in, in Luke 16. He said, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. He that is unjust in that which is least is also unjust in much. Faithfulness, even in the small things, is a big thing. Did you know that faithfulness not only brings blessings in the hereafter when we stand before the Lord and receive His rewards for the, that even a cup of cold water uh, will not lose its reward that Jesus said. So even the small things will be ruled in the life to come. But you know that there are blessings or rewards that will come to us in this life if we are faithful. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 9 says this, Faithfulness is rewarded. Uh, so then they which be of faith are blessed with the faithful Abraham. Our faithfulness is blessed in this life as Abraham was. Our faithfulness is going to be blessed here and blessed hereafter. We get a double portion of God's blessing. Anybody excited about that? I think that's great. Wonderful. You see, God says that we will be blessed with the rewards with the faithful Abraham. Well, God appreciates those who are faithful and rewards their loyalty. He blesses them. Well, how was Abraham blessed? First of all, he was credited with righteousness. He was in right standing with God. God said, hey, there is nothing between you and I. You are righteous. You are in right standing. And he said, you are now my friend. Man, I covet that. I so want to be the friend of God. I am the friend of God. I, I love the fact that God loves me and gave his all to save me. I'm so appreciative of all that God has done. How about you? So he blessed Abraham with righteousness. Credited to him as righteousness. He did nothing but believe God's word. And God blessed him with righteousness. And he became a friend of God. You know, it's a, it's a great honor if the president or, or the prime minister calls you out and singles you out for something special or unique that you have done for the country and people. It's a wonderful honor, isn't it? If you represent your country in, in, in a sport or something like that, it's a, it's, a real, it's a real honor. But, you know, to be God's friend is so much greater. So much greater. Aspire. Aspire to be God's friend. Aspire to faithfulness. When your flesh says, no, I don't want to do that. And God says, do it. Don't listen to your flesh. And everyone say, amen. Oh, this side's saved. I'm going to preach over here. This side, I don't know what's going on with you. Are you going to say, amen? Oh, I'm taking it in. Okay, okay. I'm taking it in. Okay, praise God. Okay. Forgive me, I was just confused. Uh, but you know, not only did God bless Abraham with, with uh, righteousness, and he called him a friend of God, he 
bestowed miracles upon Abraham. And that's why he was able to have his son, even though it was a, a, a physical impossibility. So he was called the friend of God. He was credited with righteousness. He received miracles. And God gave him riches, gold and silver and cattle and many things. He gave him peace and joy. Abraham's life was blessed. And the Bible says that if we that we will be blessed along with faithful Abraham if we are faithful. God will bless our life. I thank God for the numerous blessings that He's brought into my life because I've honored the Lord, because I, I serve the Lord. He has blessed me so incredibly. In fact, Proverbs chapter 28 says this A faithful man shall abound with blessings. I like that. A faithful, a faithful man shall abound with blessings. It's actually the, the Hebrew word rab. It means to greatly increase. It means to be exceedingly full of blessings. How many would like to greatly increase the blessings upon your life? How many want to be full and overflowing with the blessings of the Lord? He says, that is the reward of the faithful. You start to honor the Lord in every detail of your life. In, and, and your marriage and your home and your finances and you name it. You honor the Lord. And the blessings of God will literally uh, increase greatly in your life and be exceedingly full as, as you serve the Lord faithfully. In other words, faithfulness multiplies the blessings in our heart and in our life. In your life through faithfulness, faithfulness will uh, enhance the quality of your life here on earth. Isn't that a beautiful thought? Because the blessings of God are going to start to chase, chase you down and overtake you. Faithfulness means lavish supply of the blessings of God. We're going to have to start believing for it. It's like salvation, isn't it? God's blessing of salvation is for the entire world. There's not one person uh, who God doesn't want to be saved. God doesn't want any to perish. But just because God doesn't want them to perish and that they are saved, doesn't mean the whole world's going to heaven. Amen? You've got to come and say, Lord, I commit myself to you. I put my faith for you in you and I will be saved. The provision is for the whole world, but salvation is for those who believe. And in the same way, the, 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 the blessings that Abraham were, were, were given are, are, are for anybody and everybody uh, who, who puts their faith in the Lord. But it's, uh, it's those who believe who will receive. So we have to take a step of faith in order to receive the faithful blessings of the Lord. The blessings of God, man, it just makes an incredible difference. Uh, those that are blessed prosper and increase. They enjoy the favor of God. Faithfulness then is one of the keys to the abundant life, abounding in God's blessing. I wonder why God blesses faithfulness so much. And I was saying to the Lord, why? Why is faithfulness such a big deal? Because to us, as mere mortals, as humans, you know, we, we appreciate faithfulness, yeah, and, and, and it's a good thing, yeah, but but why is this thing so elevated by God that the blessings of God and the abundant life comes upon us and, the, and all the things? Why does God love the faithful? And I was thinking about it and I thought, it came to me. You know, God understands when people are not faithful. Jesus was betrayed 
by somebody in his inner circle who was not faithful. And he suffered the anguish and agony of the cross because of one man's faithlessness. He, be, he was betrayed. He, Judas was a traitor because he was unfaithful to the Lord. You know, we can be unfaithful in small things. We can be unfaithful in big things. But you know, God says if you will be faithful in both the small and the big things, the blessings of God will chase you down and overtake you in a sense. The reasons uh, some aren't blessed is because they're not faithful. Because you've done something once doesn't make you faithful, does it? You know, if, if you defend your friend uh, because somebody's saying something bad about them uh, and you defend them, you've been faithful. But if the next day you turn around and you start attacking that person, are you a faithful friend? No, you're not. See, a one-time act doesn't make you faithful. Faithfulness is, is about being consistent. It's consistently doing that which is right. It's consistently being faithful. A faithful friend will protect and defend all the days of their life. They will defend you and stick up for you. Today and tomorrow, they will defend you. That has been a faithful friend. It's the Hebrew word faithful is Amar. And Amar, one of the definitions, means to be permanent, to be consistent, always doing the will of the Lord. Lord, help me, help us to always fulfill the will of the Lord. You know, I won't go into detail, but I had a, a, an occasion just yesterday when I was really challenged to, to do something I didn't want to do. I really, really didn't want to do. And I, I, I was sitting there and, and I, I was praying about it and I got, I got a vision of, of, of feet. Feet. Lord, what are you saying? He said, go. And I knew that I had to go and do what I didn't want to do. I really didn't want to. I didn't have to do it. I didn't have to. I was under no legal, moral obligation to do it. But I felt God say to me, do it. And against everything that was in me, I fought against it. And, and I struggled. I said, Lord, this is not fair. This is not right. But he said, go. And eventually I yielded. I said, Lord, on my will but thine be done. And I went and did what I felt God asked me to do. But I can tell you, it was costly. It was painful. It was incredibly difficult. But if we want the blessings of God, we've got to be the loyal, devoted servants, obedient in all, all circumstances. Uh, Effie Lindquist uh, is an American person who um, was incredibly faithful. Uh, she attended a church, uh, and uh, she didn't just attend. She attended that same church for 88 years. 88 years of faithful service. I want to tell you, in 88 years, I don't care how good your church is, there are going to be some big fights, can you say amen? There are going to be some problems that you're going to deal with in the course of a church's lifetime over 88 years. And Effie stayed through it all. She saw 15 pastors come and go over her lifetime. She heard over 8,000 sermons and prayed 30,000 bedtime prayers. She taught Sunday school for over 50 years. 
Many of her former students are in full-time ministry today. Man, her life had impact because she was faithful. Man, what a remarkable record of faithfulness, loyalty, and devotion. Man, thank God for people like that. Can you say amen? Amen. Look at the Apostle Paul as we bring this to a close. Paul was willing to sacrifice everything for the gospel. Everything, including his life. It was the driving force and the motivation behind his life was to preach the gospel to those who had never heard it. That's what Paul lived for. And he was willing to to do absolutely anything in order to fulfill that. He saw the gospel as a sacred trust, as a gift that God had entrusted to him. He described it as of being incredible worth. And he spoke about the unsearchable riches of Christ. He was willing to lay down his life and do everything. The gospel, the gospel was a precious treasure to Paul. Do you remember when, when he's writing the, the, the letter to the Philippians? He gets to chapter 3 and verse 8. He says, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but done that I might win Christ. He lost everything. But he was faithful. Oh, look at that. I'm, just, I'm awed by his. You look at the trials and the tribulations. He was beaten, stoned, imprisoned, uh, you know, left for dead. I mean, and he just kept on going. He was faithful. He knew that he had to preach the gospel. He was a faithful servant of the Lord. And when it was time for uh, his time to depart this world, when he knew he was going to die, what did he do with the gospel? This most precious and treasured possession that was he described as of indescribable worth. He tells us in Second Timothy chapter two and verse two. And all things that thou hast heard of me amongst many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. You know, the church has made mistake after mistake after mistake. Because Paul says, committed to faithful men. Not gifted, not talented, not charismatic people. And how often do you see the church uh, putting people into leadership positions who are charismatic and dynamic, but they are not faithful. And in the years to come, they live to regret that decision because they never committed that which was faithful to the Lord. And people in the church have been hurt time and time again because of a lack of faithfulness in, in, in the leadership. How much does Paul value faithfulness? He committed to faithful men. He valued faithfulness above all. As we close, I'm just going to... Uh, fi- one final thought. One of the qualities that brings promotion to our life is Faithfulness. Faithfulness precedes promotion. Those who were faithful with David in the cave were promoted when he was in the kingdom. God rewarded those that were faithful to him at his low point. He blessed them when he came to sit upon the throne of Israel. 
You see, we need to be faithful. We need to understand that faithfulness deserves to be rewarded. That's why when we work in a company and uh, there's an opportunity for promotion and somebody is brought in from outside and promoted above you, we feel grieved in our heart because they haven't valued your faithfulness. I want to say to you, don't stay in a place where you are tolerated. Go where you are celebrated. Go where faithfulness is rewarded. Can you say amen? Amen. I think it's a very important quality that we reward faithfulness. And a company that doesn't reward faithfulness doesn't deserve to have faithful men serving them. Revelation 17 and verse 14. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. For He is the Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with Him are called, chosen, and faithful. One of the highest accolades that can be given in Christendom, one of the noble titles is to be a faithful servant of God. God bestows that upon those believers who are chosen and faithful. It's a mark of distinction for those that love God and serve His church. Faithfulness in the small things and in the great things. I'm just wondering, Fee, do you think we should, we should uh, play that, that? Do you think so? Uh, yeah, quickly. Okay. I, I've just got a little video for you. It's, uh, it's not very long, but um, it really spoke to my heart. I, I saw it over the weekend, and uh, in fact, I saw it yesterday, and I thought, you know, maybe I should share this with you. So I hope you enjoy it. Um, it's going to be a little bit different, um, but I'll, I'll make a couple of remarks at, at the end uh, of this particular uh, video. I only wish my mom was here uh, to see this video because she would so, so very much appreciate it. Um, we haven't got sound? Help, Shane. <laughs> Pastor, can I just, can just say something? Yeah. When, when we were all sitting in, in the presence of the power of the Lord, what was going through my mind the whole time is restoration, that the Lord is restoring the churches, Amen. restoring their lampstands, restoring the church, the book of Acts church that was powerful. And then and then, um, then we, we in, in the church can restore this world, but he's restoring the churches first. Amen. 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 I believe God wants to restore and bless each and every. Okay, so this is a very spiritual video, as you can see. <laughs> we haven't got any sound. It's not the right video for you. No, it's the one with the grave. These guys are taken in by relatives. Okay, that's all right. It's not the right one? No, I, I, the one with the... the um, what was the I thought you we had marked it when, when I spoke. Just a few seconds if I could be burned dot. That's the one. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah. Okay. Can you turn the volume up? Left behind, 
Usually, these pets are taken in by relatives or given to a shelter so that they can find their new forever home. However, the dog okay, in this story did something, something quite significant. The dog is called Sergeant, and he, he was a, a, a police dog, and he was trained uh, as a police dog. And uh, this is uh, this is Sergeant's story, and uh, so yeah. Okay, yeah. Was a German Shepherd who loved everyone he came across. He had originally started off as a police dog, which is very. Let's get the volume up, especially now the rain's falling. <laughs> Met his handler, a 32-year-old officer called Ian. At the time of meeting Sergeant, Ian had only been a police officer for a couple of years, but he had always loved the idea of working in the canine department. When Ian finally met his four-legged partner, he couldn't have been happier. The police officer and sergeant hit it off right away, and were quickly trained to respond to each other in all kinds of situations. Ian and sergeant spent lots of time together, and the four-legged canine even came to live with his handler. That way, they could always be in tune with one another should an emergency happen and they were called in. But as time went by, Ian came to love sergeant as if he was a member of his own family. The two would end up doing everything together, from sleeping on the sofa to taking long walks in the park. When the dog was off duty, he loved to play with everyone the two came across on their walks. One day, Ian and Sergeant were sitting in a patrol car when all of a sudden a call came through over the radio about a robbery that was happening close by. Ian immediately started the car sirens up and began to make his way to the scene. The police officer had been told over the radio that he would be pursuing two suspects who had attempted to rob a nearby house but had been spotted by the owner. Ian arrived at the scene only to see the two suspects running away on foot. The man drove after the criminals, determined to catch up with them and arrest them. But just as he was about to get close enough to stop them, the two men ran into some nearby woods. Ian stopped the car and went into the woods. Due to how close Ian had been to the scene of the crime, he'd been the first to arrive at the location. This meant that he didn't have any backup apart from the sergeant, who'd been barking from the back of the car the entire time that they'd been in pursuit of the criminals. Ian knew that he shouldn't go after the two men as he didn't know what they could be armed with. He had no one to back him up should he find himself in a bad situation. But at the same time, he didn't want to let the two dangerous men get away so that they could potentially hurt other innocent people. Taking a deep breath, Ian opened the car door and called his canine to his side before the two of them ventured into the woods. Ian ran through the dense trees, following Sergeant, who had picked up on the scent of the two men. A few moments later, Ian heard one of the men muttering to himself just a few feet ahead of him. The officer got out his gun and began to silently creep closer to the unsuspecting man. Ian told the canine to stay where he was as he didn't want to risk the dog getting hurt. But as the policeman made his way into the small clearing where the criminal was, he realized that there was only one man standing there. Just as Ian was about to look around for the second man, he felt an incredibly sharp pain in his side. It turned out that the second man had snuck up on the police officer and hurt him with a knife. Sensing his handler's distress, Sergeant charged into the clearing, ready to help however he could. The feisty canine immediately began to attack the two men. He bit the one who injured his owner and did not let go of the man's arm, no matter what the criminal did to try and get him off. 
Eventually, the second man came over and managed to pry the angered canine off of his partner with a large branch. Sergeant was injured in the process. Finally free, the two criminals ran off into the woods once more, away from the sound of coming police silence. Sergeant made his way over to his fallen owner, but Ian was gravely injured. The little canine began to bark to help lead the backup police officers to their location. Once the two injured police officers were found, they were rushed to the nearest hospital to be treated. Sadly, though, Ian's injuries were too severe, and he passed away. With his handler gone, Sergeant fell into a deep depression. The canine did not know what to do and didn't want to interact with anyone else. He was deemed unfit for duty due to his mental state, and the saddened pup was given to Ian's family so that he could live out the rest of his life with people he knew and loved. Not long after Sergeant was sent to live with Ian's family, the day came for the police officer to be buried. Everyone from the police station, along with Ian's family, and Sergeant attended the funeral. As the man's coffin was lowered into the ground, Sergeant began to bark and whine, as if asking for his owner to get up and give him a cuddle like he used to. Sadly, it was not meant to be. As the funeral came to an end, Ian's family began to make their way towards the car to go home, when his wife Shelley noticed that Sergeant was missing. Not wanting to lose another beloved family member, Shelley went in search of the canine. Eventually, she found him, lying down next to Ian's grave. Shelley tried to take Sergeant away from the grave, but nothing the woman said or did got the dog to move. Eventually, she tried to grab the canine's collar to get him to go with her. However, when she reached for him, Sergeant began to growl. It was clear that no one was going to get him to move from his master's grave that night. Not knowing what else to do, Shelley left the dog at Ian's graveside believing that she'd be able to pick him back up the next day. However, the following day, Sergeant was just as determined to stay at the grave as he had been the night before. Over the next few days, the loyal dog did not move from his spot. Shelley would return twice a day to make sure that the dog had something to eat and drink before leaving the heartbroken pup to guard his lost owner. One day, as Sergeant was guarding his deceased owner, one of Ian's friends from the police a man called Sean, approached the grave to drop off some flowers and some food for the dog. But as Sean stood at Ian's grave, Sergeant suddenly began to growl for the first time in days. The dog stood up and moved away from the grave and towards two voices, which the canine could hear coming from the street. Curious, Sean followed the agitated pup until he was able to see what had upset the dog. Walking along the road were the two men who had injured Sergeant and Ian. Upon noticing the criminals, Sergeant immediately leapt into action and bit into the leg of one of the unsuspecting men. The man screamed in terror and fell to the pavement, where the angry canine was able to keep him pinned down with the threat of biting his neck. The second criminal tried to make a run for it, but he was quickly stopped by Sean, who was able to subdue and handcuff him. Before long, the two criminals were arrested and taken back to the police station. Sergeant, however, walked back to Ian's grave. The dog gave one last little whine before walking away back to Sean. It seemed the pup had fulfilled a promise to capture the men who had taken Ian's life. 
With the criminal safely behind bars, Sargent lived the rest of his life with Shelley, content to visit Ian's grave on occasion instead of staying there all day and night. Thanks to this amazing dog, two dangerous criminals were put behind bars and the police officer was able to rest in peace. Let us know what you think of the story in the comments below. Can we give this loyal dog 10,000 likes? gave him one this morning. Uh, isn't that a beautiful story? All of creation will praise the Lord. And yet there he was being faithful to his master. Did you say on the police car it said Bethel? <laughs> praise God. No, I didn't actually say Bethel. I'll have a look later. But you know, faithfulness, whether it's in an animal that we admire because of, because of his faithfulness, whether it's a, just a small act or, or a large thing, God looks and appreciates and rewards faithfulness. Can we bow our heads in a word of prayer? I wonder, as we are bowed before the Lord, about our faithfulness and how well we are doing in being faithful to read the Scriptures, being faithful in our prayer life, being faithful to give, being faithful to witness. Are we being as faithful as we could be. I, my heart and my, my prayer this morning is that each and every one of us would dig deeper and to recognize that there are times that we sacrifice is going to be required of us if we're to be faithful to the, to the Lord's call. Are you prepared? What would you give for the gospel? Would you be faithful like the, the, those kids at the Boxer Rebellion, would you be willing to give your life if God demands it? Are you giving your life in small things? Because if we, if we do it in the small things, we'll be able to do the big things when they come along. And Lord, I just pray right now for, for my brothers and sisters that, that, Lord, we would take another long, hard look at faithfulness and recognize that, Lord, the blessings and the rewards come to the faithful. Help us to be faithful in everything. Lord, large and small, doing the things that bring you glory and honor, whether it's costly to ourselves or not. Lord, bless us in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.